0: You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Well, hey,
1: welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're here for another exciting episode, episode 95. Jay, how's it going, buddy?
0: It's good. Beautiful. Wonderful. Everything's Great. i'm loving the weather josh i don't know i don't want to talk about weather but i just got to talk about when when it hits under 80 in florida you got to say something
1: oh no let's talk about it this is this is important
0: it makes it makes i don't know it brings a little bit uh I, i think seasons bring a little joy into my life um it's one thing we lack a lot of in Florida because even though this will only be a small stint, we know that it's going to spike again. It'll be hot, and I won't have the windows open, things like that. I've slept with the windows open the last few nights.
1: That's good times.
0: That's great. Uh, That's awesome. Um. So anyhow, I I miss the season. So I gotta say that I think that has brought a little bit of a, you know, extra you know extra joy into my life is the uh, feeling the yes. cool seasons. So yeah. Doesn't change my attire. I'm still in a black T-shirt and a black hat. Uh, but <laughs> it does change my mood a little bit. Uh, how about you, Josh? How's everything going in uh, the island down there?
1: We're good, man. We're down in the south. You're up in the great white north of Orlando. Uh, we're down in the southwest Florida. Yeah, last night at baseball practice, I'm helping coach Micah's team, and it was like 65 degrees and sunny. No one was hardly sweating. I mean, the week before was like a wet blanket of humidity. It was like 87 degrees at 630 and the kids were just drenched, you know, so it was, it was awesome. I was so excited. And, uh, but yeah, life's good, man. We're, uh, I'm deep in revelation series right now. So I've been deep into the last three weeks, especially the end of time. And yeah, so my brain is definitely a little bit more fried today. I'm enjoying it, but I'm also been. This is the most difficult sermon series I've ever been a part of, but um, I think it's been, I think it's been good overall for myself and our church. And there's a crazy, crazy uh, amount of things happening in the world, so it's just, it's just all that at one time. It's kind of interesting, oh.
0: but yeah, man, we're doing good. Well, that's good. That's good. So uh, today we want to chat a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, trusting God in the process, knowing that He's in control no matter what we're going through. And I think this is a relative uh lesson, uh, not only for the life like where you're at. I mean, you've got a lot of you know, plates spinning in your world. You're teaching revelation, you're in the midst of a huge building project. Um, you know, you're you're kind of moving a church that's been mobile for 20 plus years to more uh into a building for the first time, which has got to be exciting, but also I can only imagine there's lots of people who have their ideas and their thoughts. Um, you have a lot of listeners, and so we're not gonna get into any of that stuff. But um, anyhow, you have a lot going on, uh, trusting God through all that process. I personally have a lot going on with uh planting a new a new church when this airs on Friday. Um, you guys will have some of your team that are getting ready to um, at some point on Saturday venture over to the the white north of uh, Orlando, I guess, as that, that would what...
1: <laughs> just made it up.
0: <laughs> um, but you're going to head up here. You're sending 17 uh, people, 11 adults, six teenagers, is what I've gathered from the emails. And you guys are going to come hang out with us for the weekend and help us out. We're looking forward to that. Uh, you will um uh, be a huge help and blessing to us but anyhow lots of things happening and we can easily get discouraged in in life i tell people all the time there's a lot of things you can outrun you can fix and you can attempt to manage but life is not one of them Um uh, you get thrown a curveball there's absolutely nothing you can do sometimes you just gotta go okay i've got to figure this out and that's usually when we get this uh we go into this spiral of um we have lots of questions we have some doubts we have some um, some people will blame themselves and go, "Okay, I must have done something wrong, and God's mad at me." That's how we usually view when things don't go the way we think they should um, should go. But anyhow, that's where we want to we want to head off and uh, start today, Josh. So, give me some opening thoughts when, when I when I talk about you know trusting God in the the midst of uh, you know the unknown. Uh, what comes to mind?
1: Yeah, I think expectation is the word that I would throw out. Is is when when my expectations aren't met, and I think we all have expectations, whether it's coming to ministry, your career, your family, your marriage. Uh, we all have expectations. Many times they're unspoken. You know, we don't walk up to people and say, "I have expectations," and let me list them. Right? They're usually, they're mental. They're internal. So whether it's you know, developing a sermon series for me right now, or if it's getting ready to launch a new church, like with gatherings, you know, with inviting people to come and hear the gospel and sing. um, That's a struggle for me personally, because sometimes I don't even know what those expectations are until I hit that moment. And so um, I I think when things become busy, uh, especially with ministry going from study to meetings to strategic planning, then a building Zoom call to a family in need. Um, and then you're, you're, you know, your child needs some support that night. And then like for my wife, Cassie, she's pouring into women on, on, on Tuesday nights. And there's just so many things that are pulling on us. And I think Jay, you're living that big time. I mean, you're starting a new work. You don't have the infrastructure that a church that's been established might have. And so you're, you're almost, I've heard it said building, planning a church is like, is like building a plane in the air. You know, it's taken off, but it's, you're still putting everything in place. Uh, and it feels like you're in disarray. And I would probably say a building campaign, uh, being portable, maybe feels that way some days. But um, but I do think there's that there's that sense of okay, God, I know you're moving. I know you're working in my life. You're working in our church. And there's so many things that seem to be flying through my mind that I have to still my mind and really focus on my quiet time, and my devotion time, and my prayer time with Him has become more important. Not to say it's never not important, but when things are happening so rapidly, I think that means I have to pause more and really be and
0: not just do. Yeah, the Bible teaches us and tells us, be still and know that I'm God. Be still. Know that I am God. I am in control. I have got this all figured out. I am 20 million steps ahead of you. I know the past, the present, and the future. Um, for me, I know I I spend time in God's word, I get encouraged, and then I can get up and uh, life can throw, you know, ministry can throw something at you, and all of a sudden you're like, wow. I went from one, 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 one spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And lately I've been coming back to an old, old, old um, you know, truth that we we many people have heard and learned from the book Experiencing God, Henry Blackerby so wisely put it, he said, Find out where God's at work. Mm-hmm find out where God's at work and join them. And I think sometimes that idea of being still is an opportunity for us to watch and see where God's at work. Um, mm-hmm. We can get so busy, so caught up in different things, so many different plates. And like you mentioned, you know, one meeting to another. And then like yesterday I had, uh, my first meeting wasn't even a planned meeting and it turned out to a 45 minute meeting. Um, it's just, you find yourself in spots and those things can happen. And I often ask, you know, selfishly, I say, God, selfishly, can you just show me Show me where you're at work. Um, You know, show me what you're doing. Show me, give me, give me, give me a picture. Just give me a small taste of what you're doing in the midst yeah. of chaos because that 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 encourages me. That helps me to keep going. That helps me to know that all this is, because there's days, Josh, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but there's days, pastor, there's days, pastors go by. Sometimes weeks, pastors go by and they go, is it really making any difference in somebody's life? Mm-hmm. And we be honest and transparent. we sometimes we don't yeah. know we 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 do all this labor. we work endless hours. we try, 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 try. We're juggling all these. And sometimes we have to ask the question, is this really making a difference? Is this really changing? Right. is it really being impacted by it? And many times we don't know. Uh, so if you're listening to this and you're not a pastor, you're not on staff and you're going, hey, i I just I, I attend church faithfully. I love the church. I you know, I enjoy hearing the inside scoop to a church. Um, I want to encourage you, in, 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 just encourage your pastor from time to time uh, when you see things that are happening and you see God doing things and do it, encourage him, even if he's not the one actually doing it, but the church is, you're seeing God work through the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Share that with your, your staff, share that with your pastor, share that with your leader. It, it is encouraging for them to hear um, because most of the time what they're going to hear is when things aren't going well or people don't like something, <laughs> and, uh, things go bad. They're going to hear that. And if that's all they hear, then this really, really is discouraging. But I think it comes down to getting up, you know, getting dressed, getting your head straight, getting in the word, trusting God, and going, okay, I'm believing and expecting God to do something yeah. far than than I can um, than I can think. Um, I was sharing yesterday, Josh, and I don't want to ramble too much. I was sharing yesterday with another church planter um, at a restaurant, and I was just sharing about, and I got I got an opportunity just to kind of get beyond these initial launches and share the bigger picture and that was good for my soul to to hear what i believe god has put on my heart for this area and how we're going to reach and what we're going to do and um how it looked different than some other churches that we've you know we've seen planted or whatnot and it was encouraging and good for my soul to do that and so i think sometimes Mm -hmm. another thing is just reminding yourself that um we heard it in bible college you know it's the call um Mm -hmm. At, at many days. That's all you're going to have is the call of going. This mm-hmm. is what I'm going to do. do. It, because mm-hmm. I'm going to be faithful to the call I received because mm-hmm. that's all I have at this point. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. have. I only have the call. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my initial take on on this. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I think your faithfulness, Jay, is the key. I mean, a lot of a lot of I guess probably Western mindset on success is big mm-hmm. growth you know, social media presence, uh, visual, you know, visuals of, of quote unquote success. And I, and I, I do believe at the core that healthy things grow. I'm not just saying that means more people, but they grow spiritually. Uh, healthy marriages are more loving, healthy, healthy churches are more outreach oriented and welcome people and also develop people. Um, so I think there's a picture of health but I think faithfulness is the key. And really, you know, Mark 4 is what the the parable, right? The parable of the soils, or you know, which represents the hearts of the hearers. You know, there's the hard heart, the the choked heart by the world. There's the there's obviously the good soil, and then there's the one that's choked out by the by the world and by the by the enemy. And there's also Satan comes and steals the seed, which represents the word of God or the gospel. And so I think as much as we can, as leaders, pour out the gospel, p- throw out the seed of the good news of Jesus, but we have to pray for God to do the work in people's hearts, to soften their hearts to receive. Like, so for, for like this Sunday, you're having your first official worship gathering. The prayer is that God, through the Holy Spirit, would speak in such a way to meet everybody where they're at. I know he will. But it comes down to the receptivity of their hearts and the Lord working. You're just a part of that process and, and everybody that's serving with you. And I think that's hard because sometimes I get myself in the wrong position. I think, you know, it's like with baseball, like I'm not the coach. Like he's the coach. He, he's the manager. He's the coach. He's calling the shots. He gives us his word. My job is to say I'm in and I, I'm going to play my position. I'm going to play my role as humbly and with as much te- uh, the teachable spirit as I can, because when I do that, I'm, I'm a part of what he's, he's orchestrating. And I think that's hard because I'm a, in, in my very nature, Jay, I I want to take the bull by the horns and and fix it and make it happen. Um, compelling people to hopefully make the decision. But at the end of the day, I'm going to implore and compel and pray and preach and all that, but man, the Holy spirit does the work. And I think that's the, probably the tension. And I think another word for me that I'm learning in this season is perspective. You know, I like this week, I'm grounded and like drilling into certain things and I'm developing things that I know God is leading me to develop, but I can't see what that's gonna lead to in three years. I don't know what it's gonna look like when we have a building on the, on the land and we're using it all throughout the week, hopefully to do ministry and provide hope for people and a safe place to come. But the building's not the point, and the building's not the goal, and that's not the end result. That's just a simple tool in the hand of God. So how do, right? So one of my questions is, how do I help our church not look at our building as our, as our promised land? Okay, we've made it. We've done it. Okay, now we're just going to relax, and we're going to go back to our normal, Americanized Christianity, being comfortable and living for pleasure, and then go to church whenever I'm free. No, no, no how do we as the church make disciples and really impact this region and beyond for the gospel? that That's the question. So perspective for me is a great question. Am I seeing God's perspective? It's almost like when you walk up on the side of a mountain, you can't see the other side until you get up there. And I feel like so many days I'm on the side of the mountain staring at trees going, why isn't anything happening? When God has a perspective of the entire universe. So just a couple of thoughts there that God's kind of teaching me.
0: Yeah. I um I I really do believe in my hearts of hearts that uh culturally there is a shift taking place um among people when it comes to their, their view of, of church. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, we we we're we're in the midst of a a shift. I think this happens I don't know the the rhyme or reason behind it, but you, there's rhythms in churches and there's shifts in churches. And I think we're in, you know, the last shift was, you know, we had COVID in 2022. And that was kind of the, I think that was at the the end of a uh, a cultural sphere for the, the church. And now we're, we're turning the corner and things are going to look different because people are still, because that threw such a rock or a, you know, a block into the system of what mm-hmm. church looked like, yeah. Now, um, pastors are beginning we're, we're we're three years removed from COVID, but pastors are realizing okay, we need to begin that that shift. And um yeah, Josh, I think perspective is is huge and I think uh, you know, I was thinking about what you said a minute ago, you're like how do I make sure the building's not the the episode? like that's not the final all. That's that's where we mm-hmm. land. And I think I was reminded this past week that we we have to make sure that we are not confusing any kind of program that we do uh, with the purpose that we're called to do um, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we can pull everything aside. We can pull everything back. And I think in the name of creativity and the name of, uh, you know, yeah, being creative, we overcomplicate the simplicity of really what we've been called to do. Mm-hmm. And really pastors, I think I was talking to a 20, 23 year old uh, gentleman this week. And he said, like my generation, Gen Z, we are, uh, believe we are, we're moving away from the corporate type of church that used to be, you know, that was prominent, and we're really looking for connectivity, relationships, and mm-hmm. community, which from the very beginning that's what we've longed for. This we were created for as community, so it's not surprising. Um, but there was a large stint pre-COVID, pre the the you know 2020, yeah. where corporate America it was all about the church, it was all about the campuses, it was all about how big and how fast you could go and um there's a there seems to be a little bit of a shift going from that um and pastors one of the things that we get caught up in sometimes is we get um confused by uh, well I, I need to be doing this this expectation you said you know i need to be growing here i need to be doing this I need to be doing this rather than sitting with god spending time with god and saying god what have you called me to do in my specific mm-hmm. my specific place yeah you may be in a small town rural area pastoring a church and and the reality is uh it's going to look different than in a larger city where things are a little bit different um i know i was i was i was talking to a pastor the other day who spends every tuesday going around and um Josh for me it's kind of it seems kind of like i can't remember the last time i went to houses and visited my congregation you know that visitation where the pastor shows up and just checks on some older saints, some people who, you know, maybe can't come to the church, things. Like... I can't tell you the last time I did that. You, can you, mm-hmm. can you, you did that job?
1: I mean, we, uh, hospital visits is probably the best way yeah. to describe that, but yeah.
0: Well, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's mm-hmm. Th- mm-hmm. that, that still happens. And it's sure. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing, but that's a different, I don't, I don't remember. And I've been in church planning. so right. Usually yeah. hospital visits. I don't even do a lot of hospital visits. Um, for my germaphobe self, that's I'm okay with no hospital visits, but <laughs> I did hospital visits 2015 and you know prior to that mm-hmm. when in in Leesburg. But anyhow, mm-hmm. it, it looks different, and you can't compare yourself to somebody who's not even in the same context. Sure, Eve, it's really really important for you to understand, you know, your, your missiology, who you are, where you're at, what God's called you to do, and own mm-hmm. okay with that. That's right. Measuring success success is not based off of you know butts and seats and and money in a uh, in in an offering in an offering box plate whatever. Um, I talked to somebody the other day who said they passed plates. I don't remember the last time I was at a church where I passed a
1: plate either. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. Yeah, and COVID kind of killed some of that.
0: Yeah, like I don't remember the last time I passed a plate in church either. Right, right. Ring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that stuff still happens, but I, I think you said it best. Healthy things grow, but it may not grow the same way as another. It may not look the same, right? Well, uh, what is
1: growth, right? What is what is true biblical spiritual growth? What what is that? I think that's the better question versus just bigger is better. Well, bigger what? Bigger ego, well, or or bigger or bigger heart for people. I think you've got to define things because just throwing out terms—it sounds good. It sell it quote unquote sells. It's it's it, you know oh well yeah that sounds good. Oh, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm American. I want to be a part of something big. I mean, cause that's who we are. I mean, we're, I mean, we're special. We, right. We've got, we've got the inside track, you know, and, 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 and there's not a lot of humility among many times myself and, and as leaders, we want to charge the next hill. And I think there's good intentions many times, but I think for myself speak like I've been a part of different aspects of my, of my my ministry where I've seen that and I've seen it played out and it can be really powerful, but it can also become unhealthy because it's not driven sometimes by a a, a prayer saturated dependence on the Lord. You know, you can actually develop some of that passion and that, that drive just from a place of fear. Um, You know, I think for, I'm just going to speak for myself probably one of my fears if i were to be completely transparent is i don't want to fail. i don't want to fail my family, i don't want to fail what god's called me to do. so sometimes if i'm not walking close to jesus, i can i can serve out of a i can perform or even feel like i've got to somehow come figure it all out so i'm not viewed as a possible failure. and i think that is the probably the driving force of most burnout for pastors. I think most burnout is either a sin problem that they're not confessing and they're not honest and real, or maybe they don't have anybody they can talk to about it, which is also a lie from Satan. And then secondly, is this drive that I have to be on the next, you know, church list of fastest growing churches. And if I'm not there, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. And, uh, and, and I look at like my dad, my dad, um, faithful pastor, faithful dad, faithful husband loves Jesus, you know, he'd tell you right now I'm far from perfect and he still talks to me about ways he's growing. My dad was, wasn't at these massive well-known pop, like he's not getting, you know, he's not on the, you know, the speaking list for the next conference, but my dad faithfully led people to Jesus faithfully preached the word. He was the pastor that was willing to go to the hospital. He was willing to sit down and work with a broken family. Um, many times would be willing to go on a mission trip and lead people, there. So I look at that now more as I'm getting ready to turn 40 in January. I'm like, I'm starting to like start seeing the bigger picture going, okay, if I have 25, 30 years left of full-time work, like how do I want to finish versus how, how well am I doing at this point? I, in other words, like I want to finish well, I mean, half the books on my bookshelf Are pastors that were once very prominent that are no longer even in the picture because of decisions they made, or because of you know a failure that obviously God can heal and forgive and restore. But it kind of been wake. It's really been radical for me lately to go. What is the big picture of success? Like what is what is the challenge, Jay? Like I mean, we can pour it all out, but not be but not be living the truth in our daily lives. And so I don't want to live a lie. I don't want to go fake. I don't want to fake it till I make it live a life of just trying to, um, be viewed on the outside as successful or meaningful when in reality, I'm broken on the inside and my relationships aren't right. I don't have a clear conscience with my family. I haven't forgiven people that have hurt me. That that's the kind of deep stuff that I think's on my heart this week, man. So sorry to ramble on that. That's a lot. I just threw out, but
0: I think (laughs) I think it's good to to just dump sometimes like that. It's good. Um, I, I was telling the pastor the other day, you know, here's the thing, Josh. 30 years from now, if the Lord doesn't return, you know, and, and things, you know, revelation, who knows, right? Who knows when it's all gonna mm-hmm. come? But 30 years from now, um I'm not at Milestone Church, the plant church I planted in Boston, they're not gonna remember who I am. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, some of them might not even know who I am now. And, you know, churches change. <laughs> That's right. So the staff. Well, we're all
1: we're all interim pastors, and nobody's permanent.
0: What I'm getting at is, you're the the greatest the greatest fruit you will ever produce is going to grow likely on someone else's trees. Um, someone else is going to be able to benefit of what you're doing right now. Um, you know, 50 years from now. I don't, I may not even be known at village point church, the church I'm planting now. I may not, they may not even remember who I am, you know? Um, and I think that's okay. I really do think it's, it's, it's okay, but that's a perspective that we need to keep in mind is that like, I'm not building my name. I'm not worried about if people remember me, what I want to do is build a long lasting work that continues as mm-hmm. fruit for years and years to come. Yeah, that's what my goal is. Is I want to set a course for a people group that continues to move forward. Um, one of one of the coolest things in the world for me, I think back to my time in Texas Heights 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 Baptist Church. I think the name is in Alvin, Texas. I nobody knows who I am there. They, they've done multiple pastors since I pastored there in two thousand and six. Josh, right? yeah 2006 that's 18 almost 18 years ago nobody knows who i am uh but you know i look back and i'll and if i if i ever search up the the last time i looked their youth ministry was still carrying the name that i named it (laughs) that's a big deal what was it like wacky or something or echo echo Uh, all right (laughs) nice Eighteen years, you know as well as I do. Youth ministries don't keep a name for eighteen years. Every got to change. Legacy, baby, legacy. There it is. I I asked the other day. I was at. I was up in Leesburg, okay. And I left Leesburg in 2015. I started a college ministry. They called Late Night. Um, I was. I went for a prayer time there, and I was like, I don't even know. Is Late Night even still exists? It still exists. They don't know who I am, right? Oh, who I am. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality it still exists for me. That's that to me is a win. That's like, Oh, that mm-hmm. is the type of ministry to where there's still a value for reaching college students that didn't exist. When I started it in, in Leesburg mm-hmm. it still exists, mm-hmm. whether or not they know me is not as important as whether or not they know the ministry that right. is the kingdom work that is continuing. Does it look? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Does it sound different? Oh, yeah Right. I'm sure echo looks way different than it did when i was there i know it does actually mm-hmm. they don't remember me but will they remember the work that was the groundwork that was laid or the work that was put in will there mm-hmm. still be images of that Josh, yeah. i think that's the win that's it you may not know you're then if that's the case here i am 18 years later removed from my youth ministry I'm just now beginning to see that maybe there was a win there somewhere along the way. And again, that's just a name. Maybe that's not a win. Who cares? What I'm getting at is something stuck.
1: Well, you invested in God is you still using that work through other people. And that's the end of the, the end of the goal. The end goal is to be faithful where God has you and pray that God blesses it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree. Well, Josh, this has been good. We need to, we need to, we need to scoot today. Um, Man, it has been a good conversation about expectations, about wins, about, you know, what is really win, what is really the end goal? Yeah. I'd love to continue the conversation. If you have thoughts, you have, uh, you know, you know, you have something you would like to add to the conversation, reach out to us at the at gmail.com. As always, you can find Josh and myself on social media, Josh, I want you to have a good weekend there uh, in revelation uh and enjoy your time and thanks for your prayers for village point as we will mm-hmm. will begin our first soft launch uh here in horizon west so excited um, for you here at the pasture pod have a great weekend we'll see you soon